the mental health coach, who am I? Well, let me take a moment and tell you who I am. I'm a survivor, a life coach, a counselor, multiple doctorate degrees and certificates and certifications, and someone who has had their fair share of trauma and abuse. I am also a student of coaching, which helped me to rebuild my life brick by brick. I am Angela Seabrooks, and I'm here to support you as we unpack the baggage that's been weighing you down. Let's get started. Welcome back to The Mental Health Coach. Over the past few months, I've been working with a variety of clients, experiencing challenges that are largely connected to secondary trauma, which has also been referred to as vicarious trauma and compassion fatigue. Most individuals are familiar with the impact of primary trauma, which surfaces when you directly experience something traumatic, which could be a car accident, a physical assault, or natural disasters, just to name a few. Primary trauma can also result in the development of post-traumatic stress disorder. Since you can also develop symptoms of secondary trauma when you are exposed to the traumatic sufferings and struggles of others, I thought I would take this episode to unpack the symptoms of secondary trauma to support you with moving through it. Most recently, I was working with my client, who we'll call Tracy who came to me for support with symptoms of depression and anxiety she was experiencing. Tracy was having difficulty sleeping through the night and had begun to have frequent nightmares. When we began to unpack what was occurring when Tracy first noticed the symptoms, she discussed very disturbing images that she watched on the news as the war in Ukraine intensified. Tracy was struggling with the sensation of helplessness that was settling in and in some of the intrusive thoughts and images that seeped into her mind throughout the day while she was trying to work. Tracy also had small children, and noticed that she became overwhelmed with sadness when she thought about the mothers fleeing with their children and the fear of not knowing where their next meal would come from. Tracy was experiencing secondary trauma. Now, I've also worked with individuals who develop secondary trauma as a result of their professions— For example, people who are charged with caring for us, such as doctors or nurses, as well as those that protect and serve us, such as firefighters, police officers, or soldiers, may experience secondary trauma based on the things they're exposed to, just simply doing their jobs. These are the cases we expect to see. These are the individuals that have a higher probability of developing secondary trauma. Most recently, we have been exposed to the trauma of mass shootings occurring throughout the United States, such as the hate crime that occurred at the top supermarket in Buffalo, New York, where 10 individuals were shot and killed because of the color of their skin, and the senseless killing of 19 children and their two teachers in Uvalde, Texas. The growing number of cases I have experiencing secondary trauma are connected to individuals that tend to consume a large amount of negative news, particularly when there is something traumatic happening in the world. You see, when you consume the news surrounding these stories, it often highlights personal details of the shooting victims 
or the pain of those trying to escape war-torn parts of Ukraine. The more facts and details you consume of these individuals' lives, the more emotionally connected you become to their pain and the outcome of their tragedy. You may develop a sense of helplessness as you listen to their stories and struggle to find ways to support them. You may be exposed to updates all day from traditional news outlets to social media feeds and alerts that come across your phone. This heightened exposure may cause you to develop increased anxiety as you await more details and increased stress as your mind and body rest in a state of hypervigilance. You may also develop increased symptoms of depression as the sense of helplessness grows. If you reach a place where you struggle to get out of bed, or you can't get motivated to do just your basic day-to-day tasks, or don't want to connect with friends and family members, you may want to talk to a therapist, particularly if these symptoms have lasted more than a couple of weeks. To avoid secondary trauma, it is helpful if you limit the amount of negative news you take in on a daily basis, as well as be very strategic about the time of day you receive your news. For example, if you watch the news in the morning and it leaves you in a sad or depressed state of mind, you may want to move your news updates to later in the day where it will have less impact. You may also want to plan to incorporate some self-care immediately after watching the news. For example, if you use music as one of your self-care tools, you may want to build a playlist of your favorite songs that lift your mood and use it after you receive your daily news updates. This could also be accomplished with some guided meditation afterwards, or an uplifting podcast, or taking a walk, as well as spending some time with fur babies. That'll always lift your spirits. If you are struggling with the sense of helplessness we talked about earlier, you may want to identify vetted agencies and make a donation to support the victims. You may not have the time and resources to go to these places where the tragedies have occurred, but you can support the agencies specifically designed to be a source of support during these tragic times. Just make sure they're vetted and reputable. Unfortunately, we've seen a variety of scams surface when tragedies strike. Stay tuned for our next episode as we continue to unpack it.